Next on MLR Weekly, Dallas Jackals owner Rod Newhouse, Utah Warriors general manager Brandon Sparks, and a rockin' recap of the National Club 7s in St. Louis. Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's MLR Weekly as powered by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City and we've got a big show for you this week. We've got general manager of the Utah Warriors, Brandon Sparks, and one of the owners of the Dallas Jackals, Mr. Rod Newhouse. But before we bring in them to discuss all things MLR and Major League Rugby, let's take a quick look back at the awesome National Club Sevens in St. Louis. Is that your Sheehy Auto Stores car? It's easy at Sheehy.
Hey, you can't talk sevens without talking the LA sevens. And I'm very excited about being out there and getting a new shirt because it's going to be like in 2020, full throttle again, now in 2022, the end of the month, you got to be there, but getting back to the national club sevens in St. Louis, which was just great. Uh, well done by Scion as powered by Abby's Abby Gustitis and Nav as powered by Corey Jones and all the other teams that, that were out there. You did great. It was great to see you and well done by the powers that be that brought this thing to your TVs at home in the middle of a park with nothing, no infrastructure. Well done by USA Rugby. Well done by Next Level Rugby, and well done by the RugbyNetwork.com. It was. It had a smattering of MLR players throughout the whole tournament. So, let's segue to Mr. Brandon Sparks, General Manager of the Utah Warriors. After this. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Pretty cool stuff, pretty cool stuff. But what's cool, too, what, what we have guests on the docket today. And the first one up in the red and black of the Utah Warriors, none other than GM Brandon Sparks in the war room before the MLR draft. So who are you picking? <laughs> uh, the one kid from that college that's good at rugby. That's, from uh, state or uh, university? Oh, definitely state. Definitely tech? State. How about yeah. Tech. There's a type. There's a type. Yeah, we'll go tech. We'll always look at tech. The, any agricultural school athlete is uh, high on my list. So, uh, All right. Okay. So first of all, hello, Brandon. How are you? Nice to see you again, man. No, I'm good. Great work. Uh, great work down there with the Club 7 uh, this past week, and it was exciting to listen to you guys, and, and you know, credit to you. All in all, I thought it was, was, was pretty good, and everybody that went down there had a great time. Awesome. That's great, man. That's great. But speaking of great times... How great is it going to be you for you guys when you get all of the best picks out of this MLR draft and they turn into ML, all, MLR All-Stars within just weeks? Yeah, I, I mean, like, let's be honest. We we captured lightning in the bottle last year with Emerson, Joey, and, and Connor Burns, um, you know, which is always a, a lofty precedence to set for yourself leading into the next year. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to try to try to re recapture that and do it again one more time. So what do you got Four, eleven, and 18 as of this taping? Uh, as of this taping, yeah, we have the third round as well too. So, um, yeah, we've got the two in the first, which we feel real comfortable with, with our targets there and what's available. And then in the second round and the third round, we're going to really target our future, um, you know, two to three years out from, from where we're at right now. So more like uh, potential project, develop players, maybe with some raw skills? Yeah, or even we've considered some underclassmen. There haven't been many of those drafted before. So, yeah, we're always we're always looking. We think we have pretty strong profiles in every position. Uh, you know, with Greg coming on board, too, he's provided a lot of insight and given us a good direction of like what he needs to be successful. So, yeah, we're going to try to apply all of that and, and get our guys. Well, I had Ryan Fitzgerald, the GM of NOLA, on last week, and they are, they've got like two and the six and seven, you know, so, you know, he acquired that one. He acquired, he moved up to number two, I guess, from number three after being on this show. 
So I want to, I want some credit for that, but who are you taking at number four? Yeah. I mean, great to work with Ryan too. I learned from his mistakes. I've blurred my background out. So, you know, we stayed there. He had his, um, he had all the info. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't, if you don't think I was like this on my computer screen, as you were interviewing him, you're wrong. You know, us GMs are always trying to find that, that, uh, that, that edge against the other ones. But yeah, I learned my lesson. Uh, but yeah, what we're looking at, like, like I said, what we're looking at, we're looking, there's a couple of local prospects that we're excited about, uh, that we think can come in, kind of fill some holes for us right off the bat. Uh, but also give us a good, uh, you know, local connection that will help us tell a story. And, and, you know, we're trying to be the epicenter of North American rugby. And it's always good to have a couple hometown heroes on your roster come game day. And, you know, I, I spoke to our next guest off camera briefly, one of the owners of the Dallas Jackals, Rod Newhouseman. He said that, that Dallas was going to be the, the premier destination for uh, rugby in the United States. I think you might have a beef with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to have a little natural rivalry of who's going to create, who wants to be the Eagles. So you're saying he's absolutely wrong, is what you're saying. Oh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I can allude to it, but I would never, ever, ever cast that down there. You know, like, let's be honest, though, Dallas. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brandon Sparks declaring war on the yeah. Dallas Jackals right here. The Warriors. The interview right there. The interview you, are right war- there. you are a representative of the Warriors, guy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's time to come up with our own little cup, you know, the domestic champion developmental. Uh, yeah. Champion. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Everybody else got their own trophy. We need one in this Let's Let's keep adding trophies for each, yes. each regular yeah. season game. Yeah. Yes, there it is. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But anyway, um, are you drafting a hooker? Because I know that there was a bit of a, a some, some, whatever went on. I thought You thought maybe that you acquired Andrew Quatrin from the Arrows, and he ends up in New England. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I'll give you a little insight into it. I mean, Andrew Quadrant is a phenomenal talent, and, you know, I think he's going to do great things on the international stage as well as the domestic stage here with the MLR. You know, New England's really lucky to have him. You know, TK came to us with a deal that we couldn't refuse. Uh, Tom, kindly. Yeah, yeah, Tom, right, kindly. We can't use – you, 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 Oh, the secret – oh, yeah. Not in the GM club, yeah, okay? Yeah, and we got to say the names. Yeah, I'm going to be fine for giving out, uh, for saying, uh, you know, nicknames uh, in the open and in the public. Uh, right. But, yeah, they gave us an offer that we couldn't refuse. And, you know, while while we're sad to let them go, we think that we can use the asset that we gained to, to, to sign somebody, you know. And with Chad, you know, retiring, there's definitely a need for it. Um, but the great thing is – Chad Goff? Yes, Chad Goff. There's a lot of uh, talent out there that, that that's ready to be acquired and – and show what they can do in the MLR. What can people expect from the Warriors this season? Uh, I think, you know, for us, especially with Greg being on board, he brings a lot of experience um, and stability within the organization, which I think we need. Uh, you know, I think we're going to continue with our domestic development. You know, I think Lance Williams, people like Lance Williams, Tommy Tuobau, you know, they've been playing some great rugby over the last couple of years, and hopefully – you know, they'll be getting their call up to the USA, but it starts with how they play in the we, We've been lobbying on this show for Lance Williams. Stan Power is his biggest proponent, and I've I've jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. His his work rate, his work rate is efficiency. And like the last year of what he did and how he developed, and I think a lot of it that is due to Robbie Abel's coaching. Um, he's become a lot more consistent in his gameplay. So I, I think the time is now, especially leading into the World Cup. And you know, 
I don't think there's anybody better for team culture, for organizational culture or community engagement than Lance Williams. He's truly just a humble person. And, and you know, the USA would be fortunate to have somebody of that, A, character quality, but then B, athletic ability inside that setup. No doubt about it. No, Now, no pressure with this next and last question, but what's your record going to be this year? Uh, there's no pressure at all with that. Listen, we're we're going to be consistent, and that's what we need to be. And, you know, I think it starts with putting ourselves in the position at the end of the year to be chasing a playoff spot. And, you know, the great thing about that goal is there's a lot of other teams that are in that division that we, we're going to have to react to and also control uh, on game day. So I'm not going to make a, a bold prediction, but we're going to be improved. Like last year, I'm, I'm confident in saying was was an anomaly. Um, you know, one like we got significantly younger after 2021 and leading into 2022, and I think that our young group of players took their lumps in in, in the 2022 season, which I think is going to allow for uh, a big increase in experience as we lead into 2022. So I'm confident that that then saying that what happened in 2021 isn't going to happen again. Or I'm sorry, in 2022 isn't going to happen again as we move into 2023. So. And the, the Western Conference, the complexion of it has changed dramatically with what's going on with L.A. and and Austin. And now, you know, you know, the Jackals aren't going to go 0 and 16 again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like the, the hire of, the, of, of Santi is 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 huge. Like he's knowledgeable, he's experienced. He's going to bring a lot of connections into it. Like they're going to they're going to be something to deal with. You know, there's always going to be the Seattle's, which are lurking. You know, they're they're tough. We've kind of got an unofficial rivalry with them. It feels like when it comes game day, you can always feel that electricity in the tunnel before, which is a lot of fun to be a part of. Obviously, you have all of Texas down there. You know, you know us mountain people are built for altitude. We're not built for humidity. So it's always challenging when you get down there in the summertime and play in there, you know, and then obviously, you know, with, with the LA's, you always got to worry about LA. Like the Western conference is just a tough conference, but you know, iron, the old cliche, uh, iron sharpens iron. And I'm confident in saying that, that, that the Western conference is probably one of the strong is the strongest conference in the MLO. Well, I'm rooting for you mountain people. I, I got to get out there and get to a game. One of these times, you know, more than welcome to come out and, you know, you're more than welcome to invite me to come out there and do a play-by-play or call a game. You know, just in case you didn't have my number, I'll just print it on the screen for you to see. Says the guy that keeps calling me on Facebook, man. Yeah, I would love to get you out here. I'll get you. I'll get you a bucket hat for you. But yeah, thanks. But bucket hat will work. That's a, that's in, that's incentive <laughs> enough. But Mr. Hey, Brandon I'll, Sparks, I'll write up the contract. I'll write up the contract. Write it up. Write it up, Mr. Brandon Sparks. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, that's Mr. Brandon Sparks, the general manager of the Utah Warriors from the war room where he blurted out, not like Ryan Fitzgerald of NOLA last week, but uh, best of luck to you, sir. And we will be right back with one of the owners of the Dallas Jackals, Mr. Rod Newhouse, after this. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste on the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. 
premier brands to players and coaches, our quality and heritage make for a winning presentation. Your orders are guaranteed same-day shipping. Drop by our online store and follow us for exclusive content. RugbyNow.com Hey everybody, and we are here with Mr. Rod Newhouse. Thank you very much. Glad to be here today. And some of you in the Dallas area might recognize that last name, Newhouse. I do as a Giants fan, a New York Giants oh. fan. I know, Mr. Newhouse, that your dad was Robert Newhouse. All right, so for the folks that don't know you uh, right now, you're part of the ownership group of the Dallas Jackals, and your bio is pretty, pretty impressive. Lake Highlands High School, you studied at Concord Law, studied at Stanford, you studied at Rice. I think you played football at Rice, and then you had some time with the Ravens in the NFL, and now you find yourself in rugby. Did Imagine you play that, rugby? Huh? I did not play rugby. My first, actually, my first uh, introduction to rugby was actually at the end of my street that I lived on growing up. There was a park, and they used to play rugby at that park. And I didn't really know what it was. It just was cool looking, these guys running around. And it was football meets soccer, and I liked soccer, and I was playing that growing up. My dad played football, and I just thought it was neat. But I didn't know anyone that played it. So it just kind of grabbed, just grabbed me. So did anybody look at you? Do you do you do you have the thighs? I've been told I do have the thighs. Yes, <laughs> yes, those, indeed. People that don't know that <laughs> you don't know the NFL. Whenever anybody says thighs, they always say Robert Newhouse thighs because they, your right. father's thighs were tree trunks. And yes. you know, not he wasn't too tall, Jones. He wasn't the tallest guy on the planet, but you knew when you were hit, you were hit by Robert Newhouse. Right. He had the moniker, but wearing number forty-four, his. Each thigh was 44 inches. So there you go. <laughs> so, you know, I would have, if I had met you, I would have said, we got to get you on the rugby pitch, man. Well, yeah, I was, I was a running back. So I tried to inflict as much as I could just running forward. So I, you know, if I'd have done rugby, I might've been all right back in the day. You never know. All right. And as a New York Giants fan, your father and his Dallas Cowboy teams just made my youth miserable. But anyway, we're here to talk rugby Dallas Jackals, you know, you got a whole new kind of vibe going on down there. Some changes in in the management team. You can't go anywhere but up, right? Hey, you know what? I, I've told people that going 0-16 last year, it, now being in, you know, putting this thing back together, if we win one game, we've done 100%, so I'll take it. It's only up from there. And we've, we've only seen, bested ourselves. And we've seen, actually, just in your state of Texas, the other two teams, the Sabercats and the Gilgronies, also started off with bed, you know, having a rough go at it. They were able to turn it around and be very good last year. There is some kerfuffle around the Gilgronis and the Giltinis. We, I know that you can't really dive into that. So let's talk about the new things. And I'm just looking at the GM, Steve Violetta. He's got some resume. Five National Hockey League teams, uh, San Diego Padres, New York Yankees, Staten, Staten Island, single A team, which is kind of you know, that's that's pretty significant in that that's involved in community outreach, development, marketing, too. You know, other than the other things are easy to sell. I'm thinking single A baseball is not the easiest thing on the planet to sell. And it may parallel and I could be wrong. It may parallel what you got to do in rugby in the professional market when we have all the other American professional sports. Well, yes. I mean, Steve's resume speaks for itself. He's a guy who brings a lot of experience and brings tenure. And that's why we wanted to go after him. Um, you know, there was always a sense when Scott Sanji was on board, he was only really in that position for about a year. 
And we that was something that we knew he was going to be leaving. So we really wanted to just make sure we continued to move upwards and onwards with what he was doing. And going out and finding Steve has been one of the biggest and best accomplishments that we've done on the business side because he does have the contacts. He does know the people. He does know how to put a game plan together to sell sponsorships and get people involved in the community at a business level so that that can trickle down into some of the families to come out and see, see the games. You know, one thing that a lot of the professional players that I talk to who, who, who go down there and play, they love the stadium. They love the turf. They love the vibe. So the, the reconfiguration yeah, so what it is, is done well. The reconfiguration works because you also, you're in a real professional stadium. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what also helps is that it's a 48,000-seat stadium. It has tall walls. The acoustics work well. The lighting looks good. So that's what I think everyone likes about feeling like, wow, we're not just on these side pitches playing in a, a, a stadium that has a track around it with, uh, you know, a few hundred seats in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a stadium like that, the way it's configured, plays loud. So, you yes. know, two to 5,000 people can really make a lot of noise or seemingly make a lot of noise, which is great. The MLR draft is coming up. I'm looking at yeah. your draft picks. It looks like you got number one, number eight, and then number 14 right out of the gate. You had last year's number one and Eric Naposki, who had a good, great season, despite the fact that the team had a rough record and he got dinged up a little bit. But when he had ball in hand, electric player, you were running back. I know you could appreciate you, you can appreciate that. But what can you tell us about this upcoming MLR, MLR draft and what you guys are looking for? So the, it's, it's interesting you say that. What we've really done is put some new processes in place, um, a lot more data driven. I brought some of the things that I've done from the NFL uh, side of my career into it and working together with our GM, uh, Santiago Sodini. We work very well together in kind of getting those operations up and running. Um, he obviously has the more seasoned knowledge in the rugby space, but in this sports, there's a lot of parallels. And as long as we can grade our players the right way and stack them the right way, we will come out picking the best player each time for the positions that we need. You've, you've brought in some very impressive people with some very impressive resumes, but basically everything except for an asteroid hitting the team bus happened to you guys last year. <laughs> there are those things that, you know, as Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? And, right, and yes. you guys got punched in the face over and over last year. And the nose and the throat and yeah. the hip and the back and everything, yes. So how do you mitigate that stuff? You pray, first of all. <laughs> you just pray that Fing- it doesn't fingers happen. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed and pray. Um, no, I mean, th- those things are real. There was a lot of other things. Um, I think now that we've also looking at the organization, we've really kind of had to fill some other holes as well to really make sure that we are building a sustainable ship here. I mean, I guess one way to say it is we kind of had built a Ferrari last year and we tried to drive it with three wheels. Well, we're realizing now that we need to have a Ferrari and drive it with four wheels on it. Um, that's been a little bit of the issue behind the scenes that was going on. Uh, we take full ownership in that now um, there was some ownership management change behind the scenes as well so now that we've kind of put that to bed we've, we've stepped up to the forefront we're going to take on all that responsibility and I've been tasked with really handling the operational side of the rugby and there's going to be a quality product on the field we're going to get quality players and we're going to run this thing right with data-driven analytics as opposed to just flying by the hips so my research tells me you're you're a sharp cookie. You, you got your own company, 44 Wealth Management. Is that what it is? 44 Management. 44 Management is just my wealth management firm. Uh, the 44 is numerical. Uh, my, my father's number was 44, so it's a little bit of homage back to him. And what made you 
want to get involved in the ownership of, of a professional rugby team in, in the United States? So great question. I've really had a passion for sports ownership. Uh, the irony of this quick story is back in 2006, I was standing on the floor of the old RCA dome during the combine, the NFL combine. And I'd worked that for seven years. And I looked up in the stands and I said, man, 32 owners are responsible for all of us being here. I'll never be one of the 32 working for one of the 32. And I'll tell you, I went back and I thought I was talking to myself. I wouldn't necessarily call it prayer, but it was a comment inside my head. And I said, Lord, you know, if you got to take me away from this football thing in order for me to get to that 32 one day, then I guess I'm ready for it. Well, I got fired that spring. So, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Lord so works in mysterious and funny ways, right? Yes. And so that kind of took me on a journey of, I mean, I had my real estate license. I wound up going to law school. Um, I just started meeting a few other different people. I was working with a group that was looking to buy a portion of the Raiders at the time. And then another group that was looking to buy a portion of the Steelers, which were for sale around that time. Just never worked out. And I just slowly morphed myself into some other areas. And I didn't realize looking backwards, all those little breadcrumbs along the way have really matched up to a nice Lego set. And here we are. Uh, my brother and I were looking to purchase a minor league baseball team that didn't work out. The broker of that deal called us a couple years later and said, what do you think about this rugby? And we were in. So sports ownership and behind the scenes, that is a true passion of mine. And to do it with intentional you know, practices and devotion. And I'm really energized and charged for making sure that we can put a quality product out on the field. for people. What are you thinking about to maybe – do for the fan experience at the stadium? Oh, the, uh, there's a lot of things on the table. And, and I think probably the best way to say it is asking the fans what they're looking for would probably be a great start. Now, we have our own ideas about, you know, being more involved and getting closer to the field and, you know, maybe some other things that I just won't put out there um, at cheap the moment. Cheap beer. Che well, I don't drink, so I guess cheap beer would be one that we'll put on the table. Take, so take it beer. from me. Somebody that does Got drink, it. cheap beer at a rugby match will get them every they'll, – they'll appreciate you – Forever. All right. I'll write that down. Write that down. One. Yeah, jot, jot that down. <laughs> um, but no, you, you really have to bring the experience out because people want to go out and have an experience. They just don't want to go to an event. And I think once you have the those things in place with uh, some of the some of the things that we talked about with Steve Aulet and his crew about how we're going to make it more fan engaging and want to come out and realize, wow, you know what? That was a great opportunity. And all the people that I've actually had come out last year with our first inaugural year, have said to me, I wasn't quite sure what it was going on, but I enjoyed the game is going to be good because it's fast, it's moving, and it's not just standing still. All right, let me change gears completely as we as we finish up. But you're a guy that brings a unique perspective to this because you grew up with a dad that played in a professional sport in America. He played with the Cowboys, yeah. as we've talked about. So you've been around professional environments. And although your dad didn't get, say – you know, Emmett Smith money and Emmett Smith didn't get Zeke Elliott money because we changed the whole complexion of how the pay scale is in professional sports. Rugby has got to be almost a shocker to you in terms of what the salary caps are right now. And what is your view of the salary cap and how to work within it and then maybe expand it? I, I have no issues with the salary cap and the salaries do not um, surprise me at the moment because they're only going to get better. And working that salary cap is everything that I started my career with when I started in the NFL. I started with management council up in New York, uh, 280 Park Avenue, which has now moved off from there. But 
putting that structure behind and work, working within some discipline parameters is really, I think, going to help grow the league. So you don't have one group that's just going off spending money like it, however it wants to because it's in a bigger market and you have a small market team that's not able to survive. Five years in, I guess we could kind of say four years in because the COVID year was a little bit of a wash. Um, but really kind of starting back up and, and having the television contracts that we have and getting the people more excited about the game and seeing it on different platforms is really going to help out. Dallas Jackals are going to be, mark my words, the premier organization in Major League Rugby. We are excited to be here. We have uh, an uphill road to climb, but we take it on full, fully. Um, I'm excited about it. I know the ownership group is definitely excited about it. And together, we're going to make Major League Rugby one of the premier sports in, in the United States going forward. Well, I had the pleasure last year calling a couple, three or four of your matches as a play-by-play, and I saw some real glimpses and some potential. And, you know, it'd be great to have three teams that are good in in the state of Texas. Well, let me know when you're back to calling our games this year, and uh, we'll talk about it again, and we'll come back on and and see see where we are. All right. See how much we've improved. Thank you, sir. I want to thank Mr. Rod Newhouse for coming on. His nickname is not Thighs, ladies and gentlemen, but (laughs) we'll see you soon. Thank you, sir. And just like that, we're out of time. And thanks to Mr. Brandon Sparks of the Utah Warriors. And thank you for your support. Until we see you again, please check out our other shows, including The Rugby Odds, The College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross Blood donor team. 